Hi, welcome to Trained. At Nike, we believe that greatness isn't born, it's trained. And that means more than just a workout. Each episode, we'll bring you conversations with leading experts in what we call the five facets of fitness. Movement, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. I'm Ryan Flaherty, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. I train some of the world's best athletes, like Russell Wilson, Brooks Kepka, and Saquon Barkley. Today, we're talking about how to stay present while achieving your goals, and how the athlete mindset isn't just about overcoming constraints. In some cases, it's about accepting them. You're listening to Trained, presented by Nike. Really, for me, it comes down to acceptance, but not excuses. I think you have to accept your conditions and what you can and you cannot control, but then still put the effort in anyway. And this is this is real life for me right now. I was up every hour to 90 minutes last night and for the last three nights in a row. I cannot control that. I did everything that I could possibly control. It's a bit hot here. I tried to make it cool for my little girl. I tried to make her comfortable with her teeth coming through. But in the end, she woke up every hour and I can't change that. But I'm also not going to use that as an excuse to not show up today to whatever I have to do. I'm going to show up and just understand that the effort will be the same, but the result might be different. That's Cara Saunders, a CrossFit athlete talking about her daughter. Cara's success as a CrossFit athlete came as part of rediscovering the joy of sport, which she abandoned in high school after years of swimming as a kid. Then, a few years after graduating, Cara was looking for a way to get out of a mental rut when she gave CrossFit a try. And just seven years later, she came in second in the CrossFit Games. She calls herself the second fittest on earth that one time. Now, Cara is starting a new phase as an athlete. This year, she had a daughter. Throughout her pregnancy, Car kept up with workouts and was constantly assessing what she could keep doing. When we spoke, she'd recently begun training and competing after sitting out a season during her pregnancy. Car's way of being is a testament to the power of training and what it can do for us through every stage of life. Cara is an intense person, and she references being all in a lot. And that probably sounds pretty normal for an elite athlete like Cara. And that's kind of true. Elite athletes go hard, and it's a personality trait that tends to carry over into many areas of their lives. But you can't go 100% on everything. And when it comes to being a parent, it's pretty non-negotiable that your child becomes your focus. And if you're listening with no intention to be a parent, trust me, there's still something to learn about how life intersects with individual goals. Kids are just a really obvious example. There's one athlete I work with who had a baby recently, and she was concerned about the effect that her time off would have on her conditioning. But the thing is, she's been an elite athlete, performing at a high level for her entire career. Once you reach that level, there's no such thing as backsliding. You've set yourself up to persevere, and you've already honed the mental skill of committing to training. And when you expand one area of your personal, emotional life, whether that's having a child, starting a new relationship, or caring for someone else, you start to see that winning and being number one isn't the only definition of success. When you've reached a certain point in training, you don't have to actively think and focus about your performance. Instead, just staying in the process is enough because you can't attack your goals and be all in unless you're having fun. And I think that's why Kara was able to advance so quickly as an athlete. Again, she went from starting CrossFit to placing second in the world in just seven years. 
She prioritizes the joy and rush of what she's doing. And she has achieved something most of us should really aspire to. Kara applauds herself for what she has done and is completely focused on the process rather than any number. In talking to Kara, it was striking how she talked about her training in terms of mostly just showing up. Kara will talk to us about how she learned to stay in the process, the challenges of training, and staying committed to fitness when you're no longer in charge of your schedule. And Kara is someone who I really got into the weeds with on training and nutrition. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. So let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. First off, congratulations on on your daughter. And I have a son who's about 14 months old now. Yeah, it's uh, nothing short of a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) How has that shift been for you in terms of your time in a day being more like focused in the time that you are putting in, in the work? Like, Have you noticed that or is it or is it not changed that much for you? I have definitely found that when I'm training, I'm a lot more present and a lot more deliberate because I don't have the time to waste and there's a million other things that I need to do in my day. And the thing is, I'm working off a tiny little person's schedule who doesn't actually have a plan. She's got no idea what she's doing. So anything can go down at any time. (laughs) And uh, I think in the long run, that's actually going to be a huge benefit to me. You know, I go into competition and in my sport in particular in CrossFit, you know, they throw any event at us at any time. You don't know what's going on. It could be early in the morning, it could be late in the day. So I think to, to be able to adapt and overcome any situation and just roll with the punches is going to be an incredible skill come competition time. And um, it just instills a greater sense of resiliency in me, I guess. Tell me about your first time stepping into a CrossFit box. Like, What was that like for you? And did you instantly fall in love with it or did it take time for you to to kind of like grow into the sport? I was just out of school. I'd been going out and I was working pretty much full time. And I said to my mom, I just don't really feel very good about myself. I don't feel like I have any direction. I don't know what to do. I don't feel very confident. I've kind of lost myself a little bit. And she told me to come to the gym. She said, do some exercise. It'll be good for you. And I did some exercise. And then I found out about CrossFit and I never looked back and I found what I should have been doing the entire time. That's awesome. I absolutely fell in love with it from the very first second I saw it. I went to, it was like a big competition. Someone said, oh, come and come and watch this event. It'll be really cool. It's on the weekend. I thought, yeah, why not? And um, I'd done a few basic CrossFit workouts in a regular gym, just tried it and thought it was really fun. And I thought, yeah, why not? I'll come and watch it. And I went and watched it and it was insane. These people were doing the most crazy things that I'd never seen before. And they were yelling and cheering and they had their shirts off and they were just working so (laughs) hard. And it was like a fitness festival, like is what it felt like. It just felt so intense and there was so much energy in the room. And I remember leaving that event that day and I went straight to the gym. I was just so motivated. I was, I just, it lit a spark and I tried to copy everything that they had done there and had no idea what I was doing. And, um, (laughs) my trainer at the time who had introduced me to CrossFit was just waiting to open an affiliate, um, a CrossFit gym. And I just waited and I thought I can't even be in a normal gym anymore. So I trained myself at my mum's house underneath our deck with, very, very minimal equipment for about 12 months. I just did 
body weight exercises. Um, I bought a set of rings. I just slowly got a little bit of gear over time and ran around the block and just tried to copy CrossFit.com workouts for about 12 months and and establish a base level of fitness. And then (laughs) the day the doors opened to the CrossFit gym near me, I was straight in there and I, I never missed a day. Wow. How many competitions have you done so far this year? And has anything surprised you about, you know, how you're physically performing already? Yeah, so I just finished the CrossFit Open, which is the first opportunity to qualify for the CrossFit Games next year in August. And uh, I had no expectations. I just entered to do it and just to start and kind of dust off the cobwebs. And it looks like I've finished 12th in the world and I've at least qualified for the CrossFit Games next year. (laughs) That's incredible. When I started this qualifying process at four and a half months after having my baby girl, that uh, totally caught me off guard. I didn't think that my body had that ability just yet. But it's amazing what just showing up and taking the time that you need to take at the start and just recovering and healing properly and then just taking each day as it comes and not forcing anything. You know, if you don't force it, it just flows. You just enter a state of flux and you just get to where you're supposed to be. And I think my I've looked after my body and I'm I'm definitely proud to say that taking good care of my body throughout my pregnancy, before it, through it, and then after has gotten me to this spot, you know, with a good attitude and a healthy body, you can essentially get anywhere. Yeah. What is your overall philosophy when it comes to your mindset and how you approach life? Really, for me, it comes down to acceptance, but not excuses. I think you have to accept your conditions and what you can and you cannot control, but then still put the effort in anyway. And this is this is real life for me right now. I was up every hour to 90 minutes last <laughs> night and for the last three nights in a row. <laughs> I cannot control that. I did everything I that I could possibly control. It's a bit hot here. I tried to make it cool for my little girl. I tried to make her comfortable with her teeth coming through. But in the end, she woke up every hour. And I can't change that. But I'm also not going to use that as an excuse to not show up today to whatever I have to do. I'm going to show up and just understand that the Mm. effort will be the same, but the result might be different. Justin Sewer actually taught me this. Uh, He's a sports psychologist, and I've had some really great chats with him. He's over there in the US with you guys. He Mm -hmm. really, really emphasizes that outlining what you can and cannot control. And as soon as you can clearly see them and you can accept them, it just takes a weight off. You don't waste any unnecessary energy on things that you cannot control because where's that going to go? And I'm huge for self-talk. I spent a lot of time on my own growing up and so I've I've got a really good relationship with myself internally and I think um, I actually attribute that to, to being the athlete that I am. I think I am able to train on my own and focus on myself rather than anyone else and concentrate on my own lane and I think that's really important. Where did that start for you? When did you start recognizing like the power of your mind and, and, and how did you start working on that to like be, make it you know a strength of yours? It actually started through failure. And uh, I remember going onto the world stage for the very first time in 2012, and I made an error in a workout, and I I lost my head a little bit, and I got really upset, and I was flustered, and I was crying, and, you know, this is super young me, rookie athlete, um, you know, out on the floor for the first time, everyone's watching, I'm embarrassed because I can't do something, and I thought you know what, I just don't want that to be the way that I'm remembered and I don't want to feel embarrassed and ashamed of myself. And I I felt really 
I, I really did. I felt so embarrassed that I'd let it upset me so much more than anything and that I'd cried and kind of made a scene and um, that felt terrible. And so I sat there and I kind of metaphorically slapped myself in the face, went out to the next event and just like I just ripped in, you know. I just went straight in. It was a heavy barbell and I used it as a challenge and it was probably one of the most fun events I've ever done and I was almost in tears at the end of it. I was just so elated that I had overcome it and then, you know, here I am now. That was 2012. It's the end of 2019 and I've practiced it for so many years now that then that just becomes who I am and how how I act. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Cara will tell us about how she plans her meals and her tips for getting through training with a newborn. If you're interested in learning more from leading experts in movement, recovery, mindset, nutrition, and sleep, check out at Nike Training on Instagram or head over to the Nike Training Club app. And if you're enjoying this episode of Trained, help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show. That way we can keep making great episodes for you to listen to and it helps other people find the podcast. I want to get into the weeds a little bit with you on your training. What does your training week look like, t- like this week? What, what, how do you structure your week and your training? And then if you wouldn't mind taking us through like a normal day uh, with you of what your training in a normal day would look like. Yeah, sure. So at the moment, uh, I train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I rest on Thursday. I train Friday, Saturday, and then I rest again on Sunday. I've done that for most of my career. Um, I just came off a deload week after the open. I really needed a, a physical and a mental reset. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. typically I train twice per day. Usually my first session of the day, I prefer to get it done as early as possible, but it just depends on my little one. So my first one would be a range of accessory movements. Obviously, I've just had a baby, so I have to incorporate my postpartum recovery type things. I spend some time doing that, um, you know, yeah. pelvic floor work, everything like that. And then I do some accessories and complementary work. There's usually a 10-minute skill piece in there you'll see quite often, and that's because I haven't done a lot of things for quite a long time, so I'm a little bit rusty in my skills. How do you prioritize what you do in the movements or skills that you're training um, that give you the biggest bang for your buck? Is there certain ones that you just focus focus on that are consistent all year round or do you cycle them in and out? You know what? I don't even think I could answer that in its entirety purely because my coach is the magician behind it all. Um, But (laughs) for instance, um, you know, after having a baby, my number one thing is I just felt so deconditioned. I remember starting a workout and I couldn't even, I like I was on a bike and I stopped and I said to him, I don't remember the last time I stopped in a workout. I actually, I couldn't breathe. And, um, you know, so that was the main thing. And I was like, these movements feel okay. That feels okay, but this is not okay. And so I always come back to what I explain to him as my limiting factors. So when I'm training and I report back in my program, he'll give me particular workouts. We'll talk about the week or the month or whenever we're catching up. And then I'll explain what my limiting factors were. And that's me kind of journaling. I'll say, this is the workout that I did. This was my limiting factor. So the limiting factor was I felt really weak or I was I was constantly out of breath or I, um, I felt fine, but my muscle endurance wasn't there. I couldn't do 30 reps, you know, straight through. It took me too long. And I just sort of categorized those and then essentially just connect the dots and find a trend and then tackle that. 
I want, what, one question I want to ask you for the rest of us who, who suffer through most of these workouts watching you crush them. <laughs> is there anyone that gets programmed and you're just like, oh, God, I hate that exercise? Oh, yeah. It's like it's the assault bike. It's <laughs> if I put it down to one piece of equipment. <laughs> I don't know why that thing is so hard. I hate that thing it's too. It's just you know? so hard. There's just no way. Like even sitting on it in a recovery mode, it still feels hard. Um, so there's two things that that scare me the most in training. One is something that is really, really simple and painful. So there's nothing complicated about it. And an assault bike is exactly that, right? That's why I use that as an example. And then the other one that it's crazy, actually, that I get really, really, really nervous about are ones that I should do very well in. So if I get an event that comes up and everyone goes, you know what, this is Kara's workout. This is like a heavy barbell cycle and, you know, whatever is in it that is my strength, I will be sick in the stomach leading up to it because I just put so much pressure on myself to do well. And I know that people are looking at me and they're excited to see me do well and I don't want to let them down. And, you know, even if I'm just doing that in my gym and no one can even see me, I still feel this massive pressure just because I know that I have the... I have the potential and I have the capacity to do well and I don't want to mess it up. And it's just that fear of, fear <laughs> yeah. of you know, not, not meeting your expectations. For sure. I would love to shift a bit to talking a little bit about nutrition. I know that like after 2018, when you finished second in the games, that you decided to kind of change a bit and look at more of a performance diet and working with a nutritionist. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how nutrition has played a part for you? And at what point in your career did you really like, in, you know, increase your focus on your nutrition and, and your performance? Yeah, sure. So I actually, my background after school, um, I studied nutritional medicine. I um, was studying a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine, and uh, our focus in nutritional medicine is a little bit different than dietetics, so is it was quite a holistic approach and about using nutrition as medicine and, you know, using certain constituents to avoid illness pretty much in a nutshell is, is the kind of thing that we were learning and how to treat any kind of illness and things like that and just living a really healthy, good quality life with, with good nutrition. I always live by those principles. So ate good, clean food all the time when I was hungry, very intuitive way of eating, which is popular now, actually, but just more about the, <laughs> yeah. the quality of food. And then leading into 2017, it was, I was looking for those like one percenters, you know, I was looking for any little thing. I'd constantly been an almost on the podium. I was almost there and then something happened. And I was always the girl, you know, they, they said that I was the fittest woman to never podium. And so I started looking for any little area of my life that I could make a little bit better. And being a huge advocate of good nutrition and being so passionate about nutrition, I naturally went to that first. And I thought, you know what, I've never actually explored sports nutrition. So I reached out to um, a D and I said, hey, this is where I'm at. I really want to improve. Um, I want to look at things from a more sports point of view. Is this something you can help me out with? And she took me under her wing straight away and we started focusing a lot more on the quantity and the exact breakdown of my nutrition. She essentially gave me a recipe of numbers and like different cues that I needed to look for when I needed to increase, decrease, timing of my food and certain macronutrients around training versus away from training and things like that. And in that season, I noticed such a huge difference. I uh, I went and got a food intolerance test done. Any food that my body 
responded to even slightly, I just removed entirely because I considered it, you know, it was my body was working too hard for it and it was going to just create inflammation. So I removed it, um, kept eating really well, focused on these numbers. I got leaner. I felt like I just was never sore anymore. It was like, I felt like I was cheating. I would do these workouts and do crazy volume and just not be sore and just be able to turn up the next day and just go again and again and again. And, uh, you know, I, I was on the podium that year. With pregnancy, obviously, which has its own, you know, nutritional demands, what what kind of nuance changes have you made between, you know, how you were eating prior to, to, to you know, giving birth and, and then how you were eating while you're pregnant, I guess, or, or after? Yes, I think the one thing that actually makes me feel the best, and this was always beforehand and even more so now as a mom, is vegetables. So like whole foods. Um, I find that if I'm hitting Mm -hmm. numbers, but my numbers are not made up predominantly by whole foods and they're a little bit more processed. So say for instance, I'm eating rice versus eating, you know, sweet potatoes and pumpkin or butternut squash, you call it, I don't know, (laughs) Um, you know, whatever vegetables, I just don't quite feel the same. So I feel like my whole system, my whole body, my digestive system, my energy production, everything is clearer and it's just well, it sort of feels like a, a a well-oiled machine, I guess, if I'm eating whole foods, so real foods, eating big bowls of vegetables. I'm a huge one for roast vegetables. I could eat them every day and I cook them every time I'm lacking time because I get so much bang for my buck. So that would probably be my my priority. And, you know, sometimes I will happily eat like leftover dinner that's vegetables, whatever, for breakfast in the morning. And I know that it does more for me than just hit numbers. You know, my gut feels good. My head feels clear. I'm getting an appropriate amount of fiber and, and micronutrients. And um, yeah, I, th- I think don't go a day without eating vegetables. Okay, Car. so obviously with CrossFit and, and any sport really, but especially in CrossFit, recovery is is, is paramount. Um, what, what are some of the modalities of recovery that you do utilize week in and week out that just allow you to bounce back from, from, you know, training session to training session? Yeah, you're totally right. Recovery is huge. And I've always been one to focus on the recovery my entire career. Nutrition is obvious. That's one we were just talking about. Then my other two main ones, I'm going to say are sleep. Sleep is absolutely massive. Obviously, that's really, really different for me right now, although it's very funny how your body can adapt when you've had a baby. You just, I said to my husband, I don't know how, like, I'm not crazier than I am right now because I just don't really sleep, but your body just adapts and you charge on and it becomes efficient in a new way. So sleep is crucial. Um, And then I follow a program called Romwad, and it's like a daily practice of yoga-esque stretching. It's 20 minutes or so. I follow this program. I do it every single day and it's for a couple of different reasons. One is it gives you 20 minutes where you focus on your breathing and you need oxygen. You need to slow down and, and give back to your heart and give back to your body a little bit in that time just to breathe and slow down. But the muscles and the fascia, they need time to stretch and recover and to just slow everything down and obviously undo the damage that you've done in past training and set your body up so that you can actually go forward in new training because, you know, the short tight muscles are weak and they don't perform. You can't run as fast, you can't be as explosive and you can't get as much done. So they are probably my three 
key components that I try and focus my absolute best on. You know, we're never perfect, but I think if you're missing any one of those, they all serve different purposes. And I think if you're missing any one of those, you're just cutting yourself short. I love it. That's perfect. What tips do you have for people who are looking to like get back into working out or, you know, making fitness and training a a bigger part of their lives because they recognize the importance of it that are new parents? Like what tips do you have for them? Okay. I'm going to say first one is be realistic. Um, You know, a lot of people have you know, they have these ideas of what it's going to be like to be a parent, you know, say it's your first time. This is what it's going to be like. This is what people have said. I know I'm this kind of person, so I'm going to be like this. I'm telling you right now, no matter how well you know yourself, it's going to be different and you're going to know a whole new person when you have a child. It just changes. (laughs) Um, Your mind changes, your relationship, how you interact, how you see the world, everything changes. So be realistic in that you have no idea how it's going to go down. And all you can do is open your mind, like open your mind at the start and be willing to just ride the wave a little bit and enjoy it and soak it up and and let your child and let the experience guide you. Um, I often phrased the fact that my little girl is running purely off instincts, right? So she's come into this world. She has no prior judgment. She doesn't know anything yet. She's just this little baby that's come in with all of these instincts. They somehow know how to feed and how to cry when they need something. And so I just followed her lead to start and just be there for her, heal, take the time, understand that I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm just going to trust her instincts and flow with that to start. It's not worth missing a second. It's not worth being a victim. It's not worth feeling, you know, sad or flat or whatever it is. So if you can look to something to help get you out of it, then then take whatever you can. Has anything changed since you've had your daughter, like has in terms of what your, you know, what legacy you want to leave behind or what your career now means to you that you have someone looking up to you? Has it changed a bit? Yeah, entirely. Um, beforehand, it was sort of a, it was heavily focused around me trying to win. So just constantly turning up and doing whatever I can, just chasing down that leaderboard and trying to get to the top. And, you know, look, I'm not the kind of person that will ever give up on that either. I'm never going to say, yeah, I, I quit on that dream. But now that I'm back out there and I'm, I'm doing what I love, I am focusing more on showing that I just don't quit and I'm just going to show my little girl and hopefully a lot of other women and and their children that it's important to just keep going so long as you love it don't force it but as long as you love what you're doing just to keep showing up Well, Cara, I think that's the perfect way to end it, actually. So thank you so much for taking the time. That was amazing advice. I think I got a lot out of that, actually. So thank you for that. Um, We really appreciate it. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I love to have a chat. (laughs) I really enjoyed talking to Cara about her CrossFit career and how she's been handling big life changes. Cara's all about acceptance, not excuses. There's one thing that she said that I know can help everyone listening. Focus on what you can control. And her message feels pretty powerful right now because people are struggling to stick with changes they made for the new year. In fact, studies show that most resolutions don't make it out of January. And maybe that's because we feel too discouraged by situations that are out of our control. For example, maybe you can't make it to the gym one day, but you can still squeeze in a bodyweight workout at home. Maybe you can't run because you're injured, but you can use that time you'd be running to dial in your nutrition. And maybe you aren't on track to hit a target weight, but you can see if doing a short meditation every day helps fuel your motivation. It's that simple. 
Just do what you can. You may not be able to change where you're at, but you can change where you're headed. And that compounding effect is what will really help you achieve your biggest goals. This has been our last episode of Trained for Season 4. Thank you guys so much for listening and keeping up week after week. Trained is a success because of you. We are almost at 3 million listeners strong, and that that listener community is massive and and completely mind-blowing. Just to think that that many people have been reached by this podcast and it's continuing to grow week after week is pretty humbling to say the least. And we are so excited about that and so excited to continue to bring more expertise and more information, more athletes and more trainers to you guys. So that's why I want to hear from you. Email me your questions, your feedback and ideas for future episodes to trained at nike.com. Again, that's trained at nike.com. And I'm excited to come back for season five. I I just love having, you know, elite athletes on, trainers and experts in their individual fields like sleep or nutrition or recovery because I I love to learn. And to be able to learn from some of the best experts in the world that Nike has access to and then sharing that information with the rest of the world for all of our listeners, I think is really powerful. And for me, that's why I love to do this. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for being such amazing and loyal listeners. And I'm really excited for season five. Trained is produced by Nike Training Club. If you're looking to take your training to the next level, check out the Nike Training Club app. In it, you'll find holistic guidance and free workouts designed by Nike experts. Or go even further with our premium subscription service, NTC Premium, at $14.99 a month, available now in the US. With NTC Premium, you can get guidance from start to finish with programs designed and led by Nike Master Trainers, plus immersive, guided workouts and in-depth nutrition and wellness content. Go check it out. That's Nike Training Club app, available on both Android and iOS. This is Trained. Talk to you soon. Consult your doctor before engaging in an exercise program of any kind, especially if you have a medical condition. Use good judgment and common sense about your own fitness level and ability when engaging in a training program. If something doesn't feel right, stop immediately and seek medical attention as necessary.